Thank you so much for your giving. We appreciate it and for your giving throughout the year. And we'll probably say it again before this service is over, but Merry Christmas. And from our house to yours, this being our house, and from Candy and I, Merry Christmas to everyone. And we pray you have a wonderful Christmas. Hallelujah. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, please. I'm just going to read a little bit and then share a little bit and then have communion together. Maybe sing a, one more Christmas carol and, and go home and get ready for Christmas. Let me share a couple of praise reports. Um, things are starting to happen. Prayers have always been being answered, but I, I love it when more and more is coming online. Amen. So Lynn, Miner, Lynn Miners, we prayed for her daughter, Sonia, uh, which is her older daughter, and uh, she has a business here in Immokalee, and I think she has a business in Felda. She actually owns that restaurant in Felda, the one you pass by. <coughs> she had had cancer before in the past, so they were very suspecting of cancer again when they found uh, places in her lungs. And uh, they just got the report back today, so she was really excited. Those are all tested negative, so praise God. They do have one more um, report coming in right after Christmas concerning lymph nodes, so we're believing, we prayed for those as well, that that will be uh, negative as well. Praise the Lord. Also, we, I saw a miracle. Uh, some of you were not aware of it because I couldn't get it out to everybody and don't always try, but to our intercessors <coughs> last week, someone that I won't mention their name, and you probably wouldn't know them, though they have been here before, someone that is close to Candy and I because of their relationship to kids in our life, uh, a, a lady that's not that old in her 30s, beautiful physically, just, just we just love her, and she's a, been a big part of our life, but she does not know God, lived a has lived a sordid life, and uh, my daughter and her husband, Mike and Amber, that, with that daughter, um, are on vacation, and they will be home tomorrow. They are up in Tennessee for a week, in, in uh, North Carolina, Tennessee. But anyway, one day during this time, I got a call. I'd been over to the church walking back, and she called. They had just got there and uh, where they were staying and got a call from the highway patrol that this other person, which Amber's connected to, uh, had been in a horrible car accident and was on life support. That was the report at the moment, <coughs> which was not good. And uh, it, it sounded like their life was fading fast uh, from the report that Amber received and gave me so we knew that person could not die in their condition uh, their blood alcohol levels were 20 times above legal limits they had lived such there was no question there there wasn't even close they hadn't lived ever lived a a, a christian life and if they would have died at that moment uh, they would have spent eternity in the lake of fire and uh, so my daughter was crying, and she said, Dad, you got to do what you do. I said, I'll, I'll do it. And then so I contacted a few people that are elders of mine, <coughs> and then I contacted elders in here and, uh, and asked you to pray for her because I knew if she died in the next few moments, uh, she would not make heaven. <clears throat> so I went into my room turned my phone off and put my face in the carpet like I do when I have to get along with God and I don't want any distractions and I had other people praying and you were praying too so some of you knew and some of you out there knew so praise God within uh, a while um, there was a and you, I can't solicit this but at times it happens there was an intercession 
while I was in there. I was praying for her, but then I did go into full, into full intercession. Um, I did not receive the witness that everything was okay, so I was wondering what that meant. I didn't know. Um, but I came out of it, and others were praying. Let, let me say something real quick. This is very important. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll get a report from people. Uh, maybe it's in here or maybe it's somebody else or whatever. And the person has been in desperate, desperate need for a while. I mean, maybe life and death are going through. I don't know what it is with people. Sometimes, I don't know if it's their pride or I don't know if it's they just don't, they're too personal or they don't. If, I'm, if I hit a hard, something real hard, now Candy and I, like all of you, we'll go through stuff. And like 90% of everything we go through, there's no need to call you. I mean, we just need to stay at it in prayer ourselves. But if it's, if it's a life and death or I, you know, I get real sick and I'm, you know, I'm really, really, the first thing I do is I call Tim and Gary and Jim and have them start praying if it's something personal or something or if if it's something and then I'll call all you know I'll put the elder for God's sake I've had people call me and they're they they basically almost died or somebody did die and or they'll call me when it, they're in uh, you know they've got you know they're in ICU and I'm like, wow, when did it start? Well, it started two weeks ago. We started, it really started. I'm like, for God, why didn't you, prayer pounding it, you know, it worked. Give, give me some time. Don't call, don't call at the last minute and say, we got 20, you know, it, they, they just said, well, you know, like, wow, how long have you been sick? Did this start yesterday? No, no, no. We, you know, we've been fighting this for about three weeks or four weeks. For God's sake. Let's call each other right. This, what are we here for? What in the world are we here for if not to pray for each other? Well, I'm too private. Well, if you're private and you can get it done, okay. But if you die, <laughs> shame on you. We're going to know. We're going to know you, know you were too private. <laughs> so... I got a bunch of you praying, and then I went to pray. Well, in a little bit, Amber called me back when I did turn my phone back on and said, you know, the report was compound fractures in both legs, right foot almost completely tore off, but they thought they were going to be able to put it back together. Crushed ribs or broken ribs, lacerated liver, internal bleeding, but 100% um, brain activity. And all the other stuff, they just went, they'd been in operating with her for several hours. And then they, were, then they took her back for, you know, if they start operating on you to repair stuff, they, they figure, it, that's good. Because they figure you're going to make it. If they just leave you alone, you're too much of a mess to, to put back, usually. So I said, wow, they're, they said, yeah. And the doctor said he felt pretty good about it. I said, oh, my God, that's great. So... She's still kind of in, in an induced, sedated place. Uh, but when they do bring her out of it, she does have 100% brain activity, and she's going to hear Christ. You know, this, is, this may be your last, last uh, chance, honey. So, hallelujah. But praise God for, that was a miracle. Somebody said, well, she had a car wreck. Yeah, well, you know what? Satan had the right. He had the right. He, he had the right to kill her based on the life that she's living. She was, there was no Christ in her life. The only thing that drew a line that said you can't go over and just absolutely kill her was our prayers. She had zero authority on her own. And he had the license to kill her and take her life. But intercessors, because we pray for her all the time, and Praise God. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Father, we thank you for these next few moments that we spend together and those that are watching. We believe that this will be a very productive
few moments together as we look into your word and as we read your word and as we take the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul is instituting communion here in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 17. And he says this, and he writes this, he says, Now in this, that I declare unto you that I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there, is, there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When, you. when ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating every one of you take before other his own supper. One is hungry and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this, then Paul says, For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till or until he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye may not together, or that Ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest, he said, I will set in order when I come. Now, I'm going to read out of the Amplified, the same verses, and you'll please just listen, because I felt there were some things that the Amplified, the way that the Amplified said it, that was really good. Now, let me give you a brief synopsis of what we just read. Paul is setting in order communion in the church. Pastor Dave used to use this uh, passage and communion to set up communion in a mindset of um, division as far as healing division, uh, healing wounds, hurts, those kinds of, of infirmities. And of course, that's a viable message in this because it comes Paul places communion right after speaking to them very briefly about division that's in the church so it comes in context so we can say that is is very much in context context but there's other things that we need to observe here and that are very very important and I believe the amplified brings it out but before I read this let me say this Paul is setting up he identifies the division, and then he goes into how disordered communion was. In that it was, it was being hodgepodged or put all together in a fellowship setting. You know, like we had church on Sunday, 
and we had uh, fellowship, and we all just got together, which was beautiful and wonderful. And they and we all, you know, it was a potluck because we said, please, you know, you guys sign up for it. it was potluck, and it was great. It, it, it was a really good time. But if you can imagine that, and then imagine right in the middle of it, something like that, but even more bizarre, um, because some were drinking and even getting drunk. But in that kind of service, they were also just throwing in communion. And Paul was writing because, in essence, he was saying, you're desecrating communion. You're taking away from not only the beauty of it, but from the absolute authority by which it's been instituted in the church. In other words, pass me a biscuit and some gravy, and let's receive the Lord's blood, or let's receive the Lord's body. And it just got whitewashed, or it just got completely neutralized. It was very benign because it was all just being all put together. Paul said, no, 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 no. You've got houses to drink at, to eat and drink at. This supper, this, when you do this, it has to be isolated in and of itself, and the elements have to be ate and drank with such an absolute discerning of what you're doing. Otherwise, many of you are sick and weak, and you're not receiving, you're not receiving the benefits of it. The devil's calling me. It says potential spam, but it's the devil. You're not receiving the benefits of what communion is supposed to be in what it was instituted and it took christ to get a hold of paul and say paul i want you to institute this not only at corinth but everywhere let them know the value they were devaluing they were they were so devaluing uh the lord's supper now let me read to you if i can find it here and i will this is first corinthians 17 of uh, 1 Corinthians 11:17 out of the amplified but what but in what I instruct you next I do not commend you because when you meet together it is not for the better but it is for the worse for in the first place when you assemble as a congregation I hear that there are cliques divisions and factions among you and I will, and I in part believe it, for doubtless there have to be factions or parties among you in order that they who are genuine and of approved fitness may become evident and plainly recognized among you. So, when you gather for your meetings, it is not the supper instituted by the Lord that you eat. For in eating, each one hurries to get his own supper first, not waiting for the poor, and one goes hungry while others get drunk. What? Do you have, do you have no houses in which to eat and to drink? Or do you despise the church of God and mean to show contempt for it? While you humiliate those who are poor? have no homes and have brought no food? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I most certainly will not. For I received of the Lord himself that which I passed on to you. It was given to me personally that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was treacherously delivered up, while his betrayal was in progress, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This, to call me, a in parentheses, the uh, Amplifies has it affectionately, to remember, similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup also, saying, This cup is the new covenant 
ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it to call me affectionately to remembrance. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthily of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Now that word unworthily, this is where I want you to kind of shift your thinking or think about this for just a moment. It is proper, as I said before, to take communion and think about how it unifies all of us. That's an that's a important part of the revelation of communion. It does and can do that when we consider how that we are one body. But this word unworthily, um, I don't have it written down. I could look it up, but I'm someplace else in my phone right here, so I won't go there. But it means irreverently or without respect. So our go-to thoughts before most of the time, at least mine was when I would read unworthily, if you drink or eat this unworthily, you're like, I would think, well, that means I'm not morally responsible enough to take this. I'm not living where I should. When in, real, when in truth, it pertains even more so in the thought process or the understanding of when you're taking this, you're not valuing it properly. You're not seeing it in the essence. The mixture of it being one supper added to that. They couldn't see the value of the body and the blood by pass me another biscuit and pour me a little bit more gravy on <laughs> however they were doing it. But all the more, he says here, if a man takes it without devaluing it or, would, or devaluing it or not totally respecting it, he says here, and we will read further, that he will reap the damnation of that. And it's not talking about necessarily he's going to hell. He is going to not be able to participate in all the values of it of everything that is provided. Let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when he has done, so should he eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For this, verse 29, for everyone, for anyone who eats and drinks without dis discriminating and recognizing with due appreciation that it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict of judgment upon himself that carelessly and unworthily participating is the reason many are weak and sickly and, and, quite enough, um, and quite enough of you have fallen into a sleep of death, he said. For if we uh, searchingly examine ourselves, detecting our shortcomings, now here's where it goes into looking, respecting, inward looking detecting if we searchingly examine ourselves examined ourselves detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment but when we fall short and are judged of the lord we are disciplined and chastened so that we may not finally be condemned to eternal punishment along with the world so then, my brethren, or brothers, when you gather together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. If, a, if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together to bring judgment on yourselves about the other matters I will. He says, I have given you direction personally when I, when I come, or I will give you. Now I'm going to go back to the King James, and we're going to settle this up and eat together. The Lord's Supper. But as he comes to the end of this, and we've, ju we've just read this before I turn to the Amplified, but I, I want us to see this in verse 
33, when he says this, Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, now this is the right way to do it, when you come together, he says, tarry one for another. Now I will take the opportunity, if you'll, if you'll appease me for just a moment, let me find it. I've got to go to the Greek uh, little app here I have. And uh, that is verse... 33, right? Okay. So, when you tarry one, okay, so we're going to go to that. I knew, I know what it is, but I want to, now, you can get other, you know, deeper commentaries or uh, word definitions on this, but let me just give you the, the first one for, t for t to tarry, one for another, to tarry. To accept from some source, i.e., or for example, by implication, to wait, to expect, to look, to tarry, to wait, to wait for. So what is he saying here? And this is vitally important for what we're about to do. In the institution of communion, Paul takes it out of the hands of, or out of the place of where it's desecrated and it's not being counted worthy. And he says, no, you can't do that. You've got to take it out celebrate it individually, and really, really discern, really discern what you're doing. Because if you don't, you're, you're, you're eating and drinking with an unworthy or a attitude that does not see the value. It is going through a format, it is going through a exercise but it's not looking deep. It's not looking deep. And he, he says, because of this, many are weak and sickly among you, and they sleep the, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, as I said, many times before in the past, I would, you know, and we've all thought, and I think there is a message there because he said that we should examine ourselves, and I think that takes in the part, every part of us. But if we're not, reaping the benefits of physical healing because isaiah 53 5 says he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed first peter 2 23 and 24 the word tells us that by his stripes we were healed so we know this that the broken body that jesus uh, shared or the broken body that he took in his beating when he was chastised for us specifically that broken body is for our healing now that healing can be physical or it can be emotional it's sozo salvation soterior all-encompassing complete physical emotional everything is in those stripes. But when the Corinthians or when whoever, see, people can, uh, we all, I'll put us all, we can all remain sick and not even be participant, a participant of the kinds of things that we would say that we haven't judged ourselves on like moral issues and those kinds of things it's it's not that those things or sin is keeping us from being totally healed at this point in time the major part of whatever keeps most of us from getting healed instantly is just plain old vanilla doubt and uh, i don't like that you know i don't like it I sure wouldn't like it if it was a moral fault or sin that was standing in my way. But I don't even like the doubt part. But what helps and what brings more of a clarity to an immediate healing or a very progressive healing is looking into the reality of those healing stripes, that broken body, and imagining 
with the imagery of true God-given hope, as you look into those stripes, as you look into that broken body and you say, okay, Paul said many were not benefiting the effects that this should have because they were not looking with the depth of appreciation. Now, I believe that I believe at this point there is a, I'll say this kindly to all of us, there's a veil over all of our faces. Like tonight as we pray, I'm going to pray in just a few moments, and we're going to pray together. And I don't say this to be dramatic, and I don't say this to, to appear humble. It is what it is. I can't fully, I can partially, but I can't fully deliver to you the full uh, full baked bread of Luke 11 yet. I can do this. I can pray for you and I can get, we can pray together. We get, get these results. We've ministered on that. And some of you are the, what are the bread? Asking, seeking, and knocking. I'm still, like many of you, are still in the asking, seeking, and knocking process. I'm still in that. I'm getting some fully baked bread over to people. But a lot of it is still in the process. But I can tell you this. What I can do this. I can give you this part of the bread. However, part, however much of it it's baked, you'll have to decide that. That if you'll take this communion tonight, and if you'll begin to take communion in your life and say, Lord, let me look into the full value of this. When I take it, let me receive it with a full appreciation that your body was broken, and I will do it in remembrance, not just a mental remembrance, but a value that your body, I see those broken stripes. And you know what else he says? Here's the amazing part. This is what I, and he says, tarry one for another. In those communion services, when he said, no, don't stop that, stop that getting together and passing the chicken bucket. Bring this into a consecrated, designated service in which you look straight into the value of the healing stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in that atmosphere, now, did he not just finish talking to us about communion? And he says, in that atmosphere in which you have everyone valued and judged yourself, if you truly value that, and looked inside yourself and said, Lord, I'll judge myself. Do I truly value this? And is there anything else that would stand between me and you? Then he says, tarry in that atmosphere, one for another. In other words, in that communion atmosphere of the healing stripes of Jesus, I'll just tell you, and I haven't been doing it to preach this message. I didn't think about it. It's just been coming on me for a while now. But when I do private communion in my living room in the early morning hours, and a lot of times it's for myself, and when I am taking that piece of bread, cracker, and juice, and I'm looking into those stripes and asking the Lord that I see them in the fullness of which they were actually absolutely delivered, and I'm... A, I'm valuing them I have found that at times uh, you want to call it I, I guess you can call it intercessory it, it's an intercessory kind of prayer that in the value of me taking communion I begin to pray for other people that the communion that I'm taking will not only heal my body but will pass from me to others. You say, well, pastor, is that biblical? Well, we just read it. I know that sounds pretty close to me. While you're in a communion service, I just read the Greek on it, tarry and expect that what you have just done in looking into the value of those stripes, that you're, the word tarry means to sit, wait, and we saw in the Greek the word expect from some source well the only source i know of is the lord jesus so he was actually telling them 
do this, but it's not just an individual healing that you could expect. But if you will wait together as brothers and sisters of the Lord under that atmosphere of faith, you looking in yourself, but you're also expecting that the healing power of God touches brothers and sisters and that some, for me, they're around the world. I'm praying for people, praying for a young man. I don't know him, never met him. Uh, he's a son of, of a lady that is one of our ministers. You'll meet her one day. Her name is Ruth Ferris. They're from Ireland. And Nathan's had cancer in his body. And I've been taking communion at times. And I remember as that I would receive healing. Because I, every one of you, unless you're some kind of oddity, have something in your body that needs to be healed. Where it's a pair of glasses you need to, you know, or diabetes or heart disease or kidney failure or those are the heart the harder things but as you look here see i think james would have said he, if he could have, if he could have jumped on paul's communion service he would have said now's a good time while you're having communion to call for the elders of the church because in that communion there's a faith that is presented not only for you, but if I'm understanding this in context, he said, tarry under that atmosphere and wait for the healing to take place. And it wasn't just a waiting, but it was a waiting for each other, an expectation. Others, I'll pray for at times, and this is amazing to me because it was it been my communion that I'm taking for myself, but it's been amazing to me that the Lord has been launching me out and saying, I'm asking you, I don't really hear his voice, I just know it in the spirit, I'm asking you to receive communion for this person in this sense of the word that that which passes into you and you're believing and looking into those stripes that you're asking me, it'll pass over to those people as well. John talked about the life that we could pray and receive for others. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask you to come, and I'm going to ask you to receive this, and then I'm going to ask you to sit back down, and I'm going to pray a few prayers, and then we're going to be dismissed. So if we'll all stand. Hallelujah. So, praise the Lord. Um, Harry and Sarah, you guys come and just get ready to. Do. So, amen. Um, Robert, if you'll please give us something. And if you'll come and receive this and at home get ready, I hope you've got something. You've got a couple more minutes to, to grab some elements. But go ahead, let's receive this together. Praise God. good to see Carl he's been gone and him and Jacoby that's another when I'm looking at him he's been gone a while because he had to go out and minister to his father-in-law that's another notable miracle you'll hear about that more at another time but uh, his father-in-law Shannon uh, 
it was very possible that he was going to be a vegetable and um, we saw a great miracle a great miracle a great miracle so he's still in recovery but he's not a vegetable so praise god hallelujah father we worship you then just tarry with us and let's tarry together for a moment i know i know that you're you've got some things in your body we've all got some things in our bodies but let me listen and let me listen prophetically to see what the Lord says for all of us and for all of us, uh, those of you who are watching. Father, I worship you. If there's anything that I want to do, Lord, and we all want to do that are serving you, is to lead a charge into 2022 with power and with love. We don't want to decrease, we want to increase. We don't want to find less prayer time, we want to pray, find more prayer time. We don't want to find less fasting time. We want to find more. And even things that our flesh doesn't like, we're asking for more of it when it comes to dying and increasing in Christ. So help us, Father. Now, Lord, as I look, as I look at this body and blood, the first thing I know, and I encourage the people, even in my prayer right now, and those that are watching, imagine a man lying prostrate on a possibly a cobblestone floor hands and arms chained above him beaten unmercifully Lord that body is yours those deep stripes that are pouring blood Lord those are your stripes, but they're for me. Every single one of them, Lord. From your head to your feet, your torso that is torn, your body that is wrecked. You are the lamb that was beaten for me. But as I tarry with my brothers and sisters, not only here, but through the camera and people that will watch tomorrow and replay this or the next day, I look into every single one of those stripes and I claim them as our healing. Stripes of Jesus. This broken body, Lord, this piece of bread that is in my hand those are your stripes that I'm about to place in my mouth. It's, I know it's not literally the, the physical blood of Christ, but it is spiritually your broken body. I'm about to place that broken body inside of my mouth. Jesus, I speak to sickness. I speak to disease in this house and outside of this house. I speak to COVID symptoms and those in recovery. I speak to flu. I command every kind of virus and every kind of germ. I present the stripes of Jesus Christ and I cast you out in the name of Jesus heart disease I speak and I say this is what I levy against you this is what I bring to the table this is what I bring as proof this body that I hold in my hand to my friends in other places in other states and in Ireland and different countries of the world and different states cancer I offer this against you as a living proof. This bread, this broken body is my proof of the healing stripes of the power of God. And I curse you in the name of Jesus. 
heart disease, kidney disease, liver disease, blindness, deafness, crippledness. Prostate cancer, I curse you in the name of Jesus. This is the proof against you. This is the evidence that I hold in my hand against you. To women fighting personal female problems, the healing virtue of the Lord. To couples who are desiring children who cannot it seems bear fruit this is the proof against all denial as Sarah conceived out of a great fight as Rebecca conceived out of a great fight out of out of Samson's mother who was barren and she conceived Hannah Samuel's mother as she conceived I say in the name of Jesus to the husband, to the wife, to those who are desiring. This is the proof against the denial, the healing stripes of Jesus. To digestive problems. In Jesus' name, to sugar diabetes. To every sort of disease imaginable to man. Lord, we receive this bread. This bread is the proof of our healing this is their broken body we receive it viruses you cannot live in us strands of the current disease you cannot live in our bodies we will rightly discern we will appreciate with everything inside of us and milk every part of us to see the value of what you provided by your stripes, Lord Jesus. We are and forever will be healed. If those coming out of Egypt under the old covenant in which it said there was no sick nor feeble among them, Lord, how much more under this blood of a new covenant are we sanctified into health and quickened, quickened by your Spirit that lives within us. I receive and I pray that everyone watching and everyone here will receive for their bodies and for people that they love that it will soon pass from them in intercession into the healings of their bodies and the restoration. I speak in the name of Jesus to depression, to fear, to anxiety, to phobias, to panic attacks, to every kind of element that could come against the emotion. Jesus, those thorns were placed on your brow and your, your mind underwent torment so that every kind of torment that could ever come against the soul or the mind of mankind, every kind of depravity, Lord Jesus, I hold in my hand the living proof that I am free by this broken body, by your stripes, God. By your stripes, Lord Jesus, we are healed. We are healed. Would you receive the broken body of the Lord both here and there with me? We receive it in Jesus' name. will pass over every one of our brothers and sisters we will continue to tarry in the days ahead I remember that Paul said that after the same manner that he took the cup and when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me and as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the Lord's death till he come 
So let a man examine himself. We examine ourselves. We see this blood, Lord. We see this blood, the value of it is the blood of the new covenant. And this blood of the new covenant delivered us to the fullness of sonship. So as my Father and as my God, I look to the Savior that you sent and I hold in my hand an element that represents his blood and I drink his blood. I drink his blood believing in that sacrifice in the cleansing of my sins once and for all but John provided in his writings that if we do sin you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us so Lord I don't know I know I live in good conscience with you but if there's anything in my life that has escaped my understanding or if there's anything yet to be purged or cleansed I'm asking your forgiveness. I'm asking your washing. I'm asking your thoroughness, Lord, to come over me and to come on me as I wash myself again fresh and anew in your blood. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we rightly discern your blood and receive your cleansing and washing, and we thank you for it. Let's receive the cup together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. Now, as I said, what I do have, I give to you. I pray for all of these. I believe in my prayers, else why would I pray? I believe they have a... But I encourage you to continue to take communion it's a very powerful thing, uh, that, a very powerful truth that God instituted in the church, that Christ instituted the church. I hope you enjoy tonight. Have a wonderful Christmas.